Hello, it's me again. Don't you know it's hard to keep a good woman down? But then again, maybe that could be fun. Samantha Fox. Greetings and welcome to the first episode of FW Presents, the Zoom for Sam podcast. The show where I share my joy of Samantha Fox by spotlighting a single single in a single episode. I am your host, the somewhat cheeky when not completely naughty Zoom Yukonori. And yes, this podcast is really happening. I know that I had joked in the past of the likelihood of my actually conducting a Samantha Fox fan podcast on the Fire and Water Network, even teasing that Podcast Network founder Rob Kelly would not allow it. That was all in good fun, of course. And while the Fire and Water Podcast Network is predominantly composed of comic book-related programming, there are shows such as Film and Water and The Mirror Factory and even what is now a contemporary music artist spotlight podcast, Pod Dylan, that have broadened the scope of the network beyond comic books, as well as beyond science fiction, to embrace other aspects of popular culture. And the Zoom for Sam podcast aims to widen that scope a bit more. But the main reason why I am doing this show is essentially the prime directive of the network to find one's joy. And the music of Samantha Fox had been one of my joys for almost three decades. So this podcast gives me an opportunity to share my love for Ms. Fox's music, either with other fans of Ms. Fox and of 1980s pop music in general who have discovered this show, as well as with others that may not even be casual fans but had essentially asked me the question, you like Samantha Fox? With a touch of surprise and curiosity. So this program is also an opportunity for those listeners to get to know a little more about me in that regard, in addition to Ms. Fox's music. Oh, and there was also this. Hi, Zoom. I think it's a great idea that you do a Zoom for Sam podcast. I'm very flattered. And anybody who plays my music and who supports me, yes, I'm very flattered and very honored. Thank you very much. Lots of love and thank you for being a fan. So, for those reasons, and the fact that the Fire and Water Podcast Network founders had no idea I was doing this until just now, this podcast is actually happening. Now, before I begin my dive into the Samantha Fox track I plan to discuss today, I should first briefly explain how I first became aware of Ms. Fox and gained an appreciation for her music. Now, unlike most fan origin stories, this did not occur at the same time. The first time I had seen Samantha Fox was in late 1986 in a college student lounge when her music video for Touch Me happened to play on the television. Of course, Touch Me was one of the raciest music videos that played on the British airwaves at that time, 
and Ms. Fox's sex appeal was quite apparent on screen. But what had actually caught my attention, and I had explained this in both a poorly written post on my Blogspot site, as well as briefly in episode 6 of my Done in One Wonders comic book podcast, what had caught my attention was how much Ms. Fox had reminded me of a very dear friend of mine from back in my Form 5 days, Danielle. In terms of both Ms. Fox's physical appearance as well as her vivaciousness and assertiveness that were conveyed throughout the song. There were also a few facial expressions Ms. Fox flashed in the video, as well as the scene in which she splashed a glass of water on the drummer that hinted of a sly, cheeky attitude that was so very much Dan. As I had explained on my blog spot and in the aforementioned podcast, Dan was a spirited girl of 16 years that I was fortunate to know for about six months of my then 16-year-long life. She was also the first girl with whom I had fallen in love, and she died in a car accident the very weekend after she had first reciprocated that love. And yes, I admit that Ms. Fox being a reminder of a first love was not a very rational reason to become a fan. However, I also admit that I actually did not become a fan of Ms. Fox from that very moment either. At the time, the very suggestive Touch Me song she was singing on the video was really not my cup of tea, as it were. But she did, again, catch my attention that afternoon in 1986, but it was more of a painful reminder of what I had lost. It would be a few years later when I discovered that my flatmate had an LP of Ms. Fox's self-titled sophomore album. I was again faced by Ms. Fox's portrait on the front cover and her eerie similarity to Dan. I spent a few moments actually musing about what life would have been like if Dan had lived to be 24, before I asked my flatmate if I could give Ms. Fox's songs a listen. And I was very pleasantly surprised by what I had discovered when I did. There was a wide mix of music styles, from the rock cover to the Rolling Stones' Satisfaction, which opened the album, to the thumping I Surrender, to the bouncy bubblegum of If Music Be the Food of Love and That Sensation, to the urban club beats of Naughty Girls Need Love Too, to the haunting synths of Dream City, and the sweet yet sad love ballads such as True Devotion. Looking on the back of the album cover, I could see that Ms. Fox had employed a number of producers for these songs, including the prolific English production trio Stock, Aitken, and Waterman, as well as the also-prolific hip-hop group Full Force. I would find out later that some music critics had dismissed this album as being all over the place. However, I myself had found the self-titled album to be wonderfully put together, and while Ms. Fox did not personally write any of these songs herself, I still heard a genuine, self-assured personality from the vocals, as well as touches of that somewhat rebellious cheek. I soon purchased a copy of this album for myself, as well as the earlier Touch Me album on cassette tape, and discovered that Ms. Fox had been exploring multiple genres of music from the very beginning of her career, even before U.S. pop star Madonna to whom Ms. Fox had been frequently compared by music critics back then. To me, that early versatility made Ms. Fox stand out from the other popular women rockers and pop artists of the time. 
I also found that I had appreciated her Touch Me track a lot more on the second listen on the cassette than I had in that college student lounge television in 1986. But I will talk more about that in a future episode. For this episode, the spotlight is on the 10th track of Ms. Fox's aforementioned self-titled album, The Best Is Yet To Come. This track is a cover of the song of the same name performed by a Finnish band known as the Suicide Twins, written by guitarist and songwriter Andy McCoy. This particular song is very special to me for two reasons. One, I am honored that Ms. Fox had autographed a copy of the 45 single album of this song, a photo of which I will feature on the show notes webpage. The autographed album was a 10th wedding anniversary gift, which leads to the second and more important reason this song is held in a special place in my heart. As Namiko and I were making our wedding plans back in the late spring of 2006, we were starting to sort out what music we wanted the DJ to play at the reception. A variety of dance songs and ballads from the 1980s was an obvious choice, and my future wife said that we should include some of my Samantha Fox singles among them. As I went through the discography, I immediately noted that a majority of Ms. Fox's tracks would not be appropriate for a wedding because they were songs about ending relationships and essentially the empowering message of standing strong on one's own after such a breakup. But I did have a short list of songs in mind that, to paraphrase a saying, had a good beat and were fun to dance to. Singles such as Hold On Tight and I Promise You. But there was one ballad on the top of my list, a song that, from beginning to end, especially proclaimed to me the very notion of wedding. And that single was... The best is yet to come.
Even the first word from Ms. Fox, a whispered, yes, followed by that gentle yet exhilarated laugh, conveyed the idea of accepting a marriage proposal. The wearing of purple and white and taking a ride together in search of bright moonlight conjured images in my head of an evening ceremony. And the line about, if we ever get worried, we talk our troubles away, it was almost akin to a lifelong plan or, if I dare say, a vow to discuss and tackle any problems that they face together, rather than avoid them or burden the responsibility onto one partner. And the simile of behaving like two children definitely described how Namiko and I could be at times, even out in public. This song was just perfect. And as Namiko and I listened to this track together, slowly dancing in the living room as we did so, my future wife looked into my eyes and said that she could not think of a more perfect song to play for our first dance. And so, several weeks later, one August Saturday evening, I, in my lavender gray tuxedo with purple tie and cummerbund, and Namiko, proudly displaying her cream white wedding dress, as well as the promise of her then five-month pregnancy, circled the dance floor to the melody of Ms. Fox's vocals that proclaimed that the best in our lives was to come. The original version of The Best Is Yet To Come was performed by the Suicide Twins, which were an acoustic guitar rock band formed by the songwriter Andy McCoy himself and Nasty Suicide. The two were former bandmates in the Finnish glam rock group Hanoi Rocks. The song is featured on the band's first and only album, Silver Missiles and Nightingales. Together as one 
The original version of the tune had a slower, more melancholic melody than Ms. Fox's cover, and there were also alterations to the lyrics for Ms. Fox's version, and I am speaking of those beyond the obvious change of point of view from male to female. Ms. Fox sang of taking a ride in search of the bright moonlight, while Mr. McCoy talked of grabbing a cab. Mr. McCoy also sang that if they would ever get worried, they would drink their worries away, as opposed to Sam Fox declaring that they would talk their troubles away. These differences in lyrics made the original Suicide Twins version seem more grounded in everyday life and gave me the impression that the couple was dressing up more for a night on the town than to get married. Further, the particular line about drinking worries away along with the slower melody, suggested to me a more dismal scenario of hardship involving the couple featured in the song. This was further punctuated by the second verse in the original Suicide Twins track, which was unused in the Sam Fox remake. The lyrics, while a touch sad, were also very sweet. However, despite the apparent dim portrayal of the couple's lifestyle, the song as performed by the Suicide Twins is still a hopeful ballad, reaffirming that when the couple stays together as one, the best is yet to come. Ms. Fox's rendition, with the more upbeat music and vocal delivery, sprinkled with gentle laughs and happy sighs throughout, suggests that things are already going great for the couple which I see as the joy of just starting a new life together. And as great as things are now, they will be even better going forward. This, to me, makes the cover seem more positive than the original version. And while this does not necessarily make the Sam Fox version of this song any better than the original, only different, Namiko and I would not have considered the Suicide Twins version to be on the playlist for our wedding. Throughout the rest of the night of our wedding reception, people would come up to Nomiko and I and ask who had performed that lovely song from the first dance, and they were very surprised at the answer. The unfamiliarity of the song among these guests was completely understandable, given that The Best Is Yet To Come was a single that I believe had received no radio play at all in the United States. But I had noted on most of the inquiring guests' faces upon their learning the answer to their question, 
a glint of realization that there was much more to Samantha Fox's music repertoire than the few saucier singles that were featured on the American airwaves. And I look forward to exploring more of Ms. Fox's musical versatility in upcoming episodes of this podcast. Thank you for listening. Please feel free to let me know what you think of this program by leaving a comment on the show notes page at fireandwaterpodcast.com. And until next time, stay foxy, my friends. The views expressed on the Zoom for Sam podcast belong solely to the host, who is not affiliated in any way with any music record label or entertainment company. All copyright and trademarks of music, audio clips, and quoted text are held by their respective owners. These are used for illustrative and entertainment purposes only, and no copyright infringement is intended. Special thanks to Samantha Fox for the music and for the encouragement. FW Presents, the Zoom for Sam podcast, is a Professor Zoom Productions production. Um, you'd like to know if, um, some little bits of details about certain songs that you love. One of them is um, The Best Is Yet To Come. Yes, I love your cover of this song by Andy McCoy and the Suicide Twins. And we are so very honored that you had autographed a copy of the 45 single album of this song. Your 10th wedding anniversary. Yeah, that for me is a very positive song because I believe in never giving up and there's always going to be something better around the corner. Mm-hmm. When I toured America back in, or oh, the first time I went there, in 89, it was the last song of the set. Um, we would go off after Touch Me and then come back on and play three more tracks and we would end the whole show with The Best Is Yet To Come. And we used to leave the stage one by one, the band, and leave the whole audience with their arms in the air singing along these positive words, the best is yet to come. Because I wanted everybody to go away that day thinking that the best things in their life was to come. So I really hope that the best did come for all those people who attended all those shows and listened to that album.